You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, no thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Here's what I want you to do. Tag a friend, let them know that we're alive. You can also get the audio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. At the end of the teaching today, I'm going to answer any questions that you may have. I got my iPad here. You can send your questions in there, in here, and then we're going to answer whatever questions. Also, listen, if this is a blessing to you, if this lesson today is a blessing to you, you, share it with someone else so we can get the word out. The Bible said the word grew and prevailed, so you will help us to get the word out. Now, last week, well, actually three weeks ago, I made a decision that I wanted to go over in my podcast the teaching that we were doing on our in our Sunday services. We began a what I'm calling a trilogy of a three part lesson series. We talked about understanding the power of your purpose and your potential in God. And that was three lessons. We taught it to our congregation and then I came back and I shared it on my podcast because I wanted you to have an opportunity to be able to ask questions. Well, we did two things Sunday. I shared the beginning lesson, lesson one of a new series that I began entitled Not From Around Here. Uh, We began this series in both our campuses in Birmingham and Columbus, Georgia, not from around here. This is a foundational series. It's so very important that I wanted to go back over it on my podcast so that you could have an opportunity to ask any questions uh, about the lesson. I also shared a, a, a recording that I did on the issue of vaccination for or against and some prophetic words that I uh, shared at the end of uh, the service. And I also wanted to give you an opportunity to be able to ask questions if you had any questions about that as well. But let's talk about not from around here. The theme of this five lesson series, and this is lesson one, the theme of this five lesson uh, series is the kingdom of God concept or bringing heaven to the earth. The goal that uh, we've established is that at the end of this series, it is our desire that you have a kingdom mentality. Now, each one of these lessons have a subtopic. And before I give the subtopic, I want to I want to walk you through how I got to this this main subject, not from around here. My wife and I, we love New York City. We go up to New York City at least once or twice every year. Hadn't been up there since the pandemic, but that's our one of our places in the country. I mean, New York City. Uh, on several occasions, several occasions, there have been people who lived in New York, whether they were working in the hotel or whether they were, were in a restaurant, a waiter, waitress in a restaurant, they will ask me, where are you from? Where are you from? And, 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 and I became uh, aware of why they were asking me that question because they didn't know me. They lived in New York. They didn't know me. But they will ask me, where are you from? <clears throat> And then when I would tell them, well, oh, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, they would say, I knew you weren't from around here. And the, the reason that they knew I wasn't from around there, a New Yorker, is because of my accent. 
uh, we, most of us who live in the South have a Southern accent. It's very distinct to others who live outside of the South, but for us, I mean, it's just the way we talk. I mean, we don't, we don't think we have an accent. It's just the way we talk, but it's very distinctive. Well, I came up with this sub subject not from around here because Christians, believers, should live and talk and act and respond in such a way that it's distinctive. People that are ungodly, people that don't know God, people that have no desire for God, should recognize that there's something very different about us. So I came up with the subject that we are not from around here. Now, our subtopic for lesson one is heaven on planet Earth. And I have three background texts that I'll give you quickly, and I'm navigating through it quickly because I want you to send your comments and your questions, and then I want us to engage and talk about it. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 21, in the authorized King James Version, it says that your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. I selected that text because that text communicates that it has always been the Father's will and the Father's plan that heaven be upon the earth. And as we navigate through this series, you're going to see exactly what I mean by that. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, in the New King James Version, Jesus taught his disciples to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. It was really the disciples' prayer. But a part of that prayer was that the prayer that he taught them was pray your kingdom come, pray to the Father, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here again, we see that the Father's will is that what happens in heaven happens in the earth. And then in John 18, verse 36, in the New King James Version, Jesus answered Pilate, and Pilate was uh, investigating and carrying him through the trial before he made a judgment. Jesus says, my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom, mine is a possessive pronoun, my kingdom is not from around here. So there were three major questions that, that we want to answer. There are three major questions that we want to answer. Number one, what is a kingdom? Number two, how many kingdoms are there? And then number three, what is the kingdom of God? So when we look at our first question, what is a kingdom? And we'll navigate really quick through those first question, first two questions. What is a kingdom? The word kingdom is derived from the words king and domain. Kingdom, king and domain. Domain is a territory. So when we put these words together, we realize that a kingdom is the territory over which a king reigns or rules. A kingdom is the territory over which a king rules or reigns. So when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world, he's saying that his territory, the territory by which he rules is not from around here. Now let's look at our second question. How many kingdoms are there? And this question has to be qualified because we're talking about kingdoms from a spiritual perspective. 
from a spiritual point of view. We're not talking about constitutional kingdoms or constitutional monarchies like the United Kingdom. We're not talking about that. Saudi Arabia is a kingdom ruled by a king. We're not talking about that. We're talking about kingdom from a spiritual perspective. How many kingdoms are there from a spiritual point of view? Well, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 in the New Living Translation answers our question. It says, for he, the he is referencing God, for God rescued us, us, reference believers, Christians, for God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, of God's dear son. So right away, we see that there are two kingdoms operating in the earth. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Jesus. God said the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of Jesus. Now, the kingdom of darkness is ruled by a king, and his name is Satan. And Satan rules his kingdom through ignorance. Now, the kingdom of Jesus also has a king, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus rules his kingdom through knowledge or what the Bible calls truth. Now, when we talk about the kingdom of darkness, we see that the unsaved, those who are not born again, are in Satan's kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of ignorance. Every person, if you're listening to me now and you're not born again, then you are in the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan. And he rules by ignorance. Every person, all of us who were born physically into the world, were born into the kingdom of darkness, into Satan's kingdom, and to get out of that kingdom, we have to, what Jesus called, be born again, born out of that kingdom into the kingdom of God's dear son. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, the New Living Translation communicates to us that Satan is the king of this world. Now listen what it says. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, or we could say the king of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. That's the unsaved. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. Now, all Christians, if you listen to me right now, no matter where you are on planet Earth, all Christians are in the kingdom of Jesus. All Christians, every Christian, not some Christians, all Christians are in the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of knowledge, the kingdom of light. Our proof text for that is John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32, the New Living Translation. And I want you to listen, and I want you to think about what Jesus is saying here as it relates to light and as it relates to truth and knowledge. He said to the people who believed in him, he said this to the people who believed in him. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you or set you free. Now notice that God's kingdom or Jesus' kingdom is ruled through truth, through knowledge, truth, Bible knowledge, Bible revelation, 
spiritual wisdom from God's word, the Bible. Now, before we look at the and, and get in this third question, and here again, you can send your questions in, your comments in. I know you're listening. There are three three uh, statements that I like to uh, communicate as it relates to this second uh, question. Satan doesn't want you, listener, to have light, to have knowledge. He doesn't want you to have truth because he understands if he can keep you in a place of ignorance, he can put you in a place of disadvantage. So he fights you and I, us that are Christians, and even those that are lost, to try to keep them from getting light or information or knowledge or, or the truth of God's word. He fights us. Now, this series, not from around here, is so foundational to you and I fulfilling our, uh, to carrying out our purpose and realizing and releasing our potential that he is going to try to distract you any kind of way to keep you from hearing this information. I am telling you, this series, not from around here, will change the trajectory of your individual walk with God, and it will change the trajectory of your local church and the body of Christ. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe that God, Satan, will try to fight you to keep you from, I want you to listen to every lesson. I want you to listen to all five of these lessons. I want you to go back and I want you to look over it. That's why I came back and I want you to have an opportunity to be able to ask questions because this is critical to your destiny journey. But the second thing I want you to know is this. Every day, every day that you live, Every day that you engage life, you are representing the kingdom of darkness and Satan, or you're representing the kingdom, Jesus' kingdom and Jesus. Every day. You may be unconscious of that. You may be unaware of that. But Every day you engage life, you engage life, whether at home life, church life, work life, school life, community life, neighborhood life, business life, career life, wherever you are every day, you're either representing the kingdom of darkness and Satan, or you're representing the kingdom of Jesus and Jesus every single day. Now, this third thing, this third thing that I want to say before we get to the third question is it is possible to be born again, possibly born again, in the kingdom of of Jesus, because the moment you receive Jesus, you're placed into the kingdom of Jesus. It's possible to be born again in the kingdom of Jesus and yet have a mindset, have the mindset of the kingdom of darkness. And it's possible to, to be born again and in the kingdom of Jesus and yet act in your everyday life, thoughts, actions, words, behavior, responses, as though you're a part of Satan's kingdom. It is possible to be a Christian and to be representing Satan. And Sunday, I use the illustration, and I try not to be as graphic as I was in the illustration. But when I was a young single man and teenager, dating relationships always was connected to sex. I mean, it was sex. And 
It was just a part of the relationship. There was no commitment. You just date, like being with each other, you have sex. There was no commitment. And even as a single young man, that's the way it was. You would date, you have sex. Well, that's not, you know, that's not kingdom. That's, that's, not, that's not the kingdom of God, just finding somebody to have sex with and have sex with this person and sex with that person and sex with that person. That's not kingdom. Uh, you married and you, you hanging out and flirting with people other than your spouse. That's not kingdom. And it's not representing the kingdom of Jesus. It's representing the kingdom of Satan. Is representing Satan. And you have Christians, and I said this also, you have Christians on Facebook, and they're posting different kinds of things on Facebook. I mean, they may be posting parts of their body so everybody can see how fine they are. Are they holding up their alcohol and, uh, you know, the party that they're at? And, and these are Christian people but they're not representing the kingdom of Jesus. They're representing the kingdom of darkness. They're representing Satan. It's possible, and I'm not trying to make anybody, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm trying to bring light to you that every single day you are representing one or the other kingdom, one or the other king. That's the light that I'm trying to get across. Not for me to police your life or police your actions. I'm trying to bring light so you can get into purpose and release your potential. Now, here's the third question. Here's the third question we have to answer. And I see a question, I see a comment. Okay, I see a, I see a comment and I see a question. And I want you to keep sending me your comments, your questions. Here's the third question. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? I want us to look at a biblical scenario of Jesus casting out a demon spirit. And then I want to take that scenario and I want to explain to you or begin to explain to you what the kingdom of God is. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 22, Matthew 12, 22, in the New Living Translation, it says, Then a demon possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak and was brought to Jesus he healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Now, here's a scenario, and I want you to catch this, and we're gonna get we're gonna get deep into this when we get over into kingdom authority and kingdom power. But right now, I just want you to see the scenario. We have a man, and let's let's phrase it like this: he was influenced and impacted, and I'm not talking about his worth and his value. He was influenced and impacted by the kingdom of darkness. He was blind. He couldn't speak. They brought Jesus, brought the man to Jesus, and Jesus now, he said, my kingdom is not from here. So he engaged this man, healed the man, and the man could both speak and see. Jesus brought the kingdom on the scene. I want you to catch that. Now, in verses 24 through 25, I won't read those verses, but the people were amazed at the deliverance of this man. They knew he was blind, knew he couldn't talk, and all of a sudden he could see and he could talk, and they were all excited. But the Pharisees moved by jealousies, well, he's not casting out spirits by some good uh, force. They say he's casting out devils through the prince of the devil, Satan himself, Beelzebub. Now, Jesus responded in verse 26, Matthew 12, 26, New Living Translation. He says, if Satan is casting out Satan, 
he's divided and fighting against himself and his own kingdom cannot survive. Now, now there are two things I want you to notice. Number one is he's saying that Satan has a kingdom. And even though he didn't literally say it, he's implying that this man that was blind and couldn't speak was being impacted and negatively influenced by Satan's kingdom. Then in Matthew 12, 28, in the New Living Translation, Jesus said, but if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, and we're going to get there. All of us are going to get there because we're called to cast out demons, and you're going to cast out demons. But this insight is so very important, and we'll get to that down the road. He said, if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, he says, through God's power that I'm casting out spirits, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. So notice here, I, I see another, I see another uh, comment. Thank you. Send your comments and your questions in, and let's in, let's talk about this. Let's look at three things before I answer the, the give you a definition of what the kingdom is. Number one, from this scenario, this biblical scenario, we see that the kingdom of God can arrive at a specific place and into a specific situation. He says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then Jesus says, that means the kingdom of God has arrived. So the kingdom of God can arrive at a specific place into a specific situation. But also we see that the kingdom of God is more powerful than the kingdom of Satan. I just can shout about that. The kingdom that you're in, Christian, the kingdom that we're in is more powerful than Satan's kingdom. Thirdly, we see from this scenario, this text, that the superiority of the kingdom of God was evidenced by the submission of the demon to Jesus' authority. So now notice the superiority of the kingdom was evidenced that demon had to submit and bow to the authority of Jesus because the kingdom of God is more powerful than the kingdom of Satan and more powerful than Satan himself and more powerful than his demons. Now, so let's answer the question. What is the kingdom of God? Now, I, I, we've had, my, my son and I are teaching this together. We're team teaching. And we've, we, we had other definitions, and there's some definitions we'll bring on the scene as we walk out this five lesson foundational series. But let's just use one definition today, just one definition today. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is an invasion of Satan's territory, control, and influence in the earth by God's royal family, demonstrating God's power to free men. Now, I know you, uh, some of you may be taking notes and you're trying to get the definition down. I'm gonna give it to you in a minute. 1 Corinthians 4.20, New Century Version says that the kingdom of God is present, not in talk, but in power. So let's let, allow me to read that definition to you again, and then we're going to talk about that. So the, the kingdom of God is an invasion. I'll slow it down. An invasion of Satan's territory, control, and influence. It is an invasion of Satan's territory, Satan's control, and Satan's influence in the earth by God's royal family. That's us. That's us, Christians, believers. It's an invasion of Satan's territory, control, and influence in the earth by God's royal family, 
demonstrating God's power, demonstrating God's power to free men. And that's why 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God is present not in talk, but in power. Okay, we talk and we're going to continue to talk. We're going to continue to share the gospel. We're going to speak words, but we're going to go beyond that. We're going to demonstrate this gospel. It's not just in words only. We're going to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Now, let's talk about this invasion. The kingdom of God is an invasion. That's a, that's a word that is so powerful that I had to go and look it up. I, I, needed a, I need to find out what an invasion is. An invasion is a military offensive. Now, listen at the word, not a military defensive. I see another comment. Thank you. Bring your comments and your questions. It's not a military defensive. See, we're not on the defensive. Okay, Satan coming at us and we just trying to block him and stop him. No, uh, an invasion is a military offensive whereby an army aggressively enters enemy territory with the objective, the threefold objective of conquering, liberating, and reestablishing control in that area. Now that is powerful because it, it communicates our position as believers and what our position should be as the local church we should be on the offensive. Now listen to me carefully. Remember what Jesus says? Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now watch this. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So now listen at that text in Matthew 16. What? He's not saying the church is on the defense, that Satan is coming against us and we're trying to keep him from getting in our gates. No, that's not what Jesus says. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. He's saying we are coming against the gates of hell. We're tearing down his gates. We're coming in. We're liberating. And that's what this definition means. It's an invasion. An invasion by, it's a, a military offensive, not defense, military offense, whereby an army aggressively enters into enemy territory with the objective of, we, we're going in with the objective of conquering. So we're going to overwhelm Satan, overwhelm demons, liberating. We're going to set the people free, and then we're going to reestablish God's control in that area. Now, that's what we're about. So whenever, listen at this, God's kingdom is present, there will be a visible demonstration of God's power. And Every work of Satan, whether it be sin, whether it be sickness, whether it be demonization, and we're not going to be afraid to cast out devils. We're not going to be afraid when folk, Satan manifesting himself through people, whether it's demonization, poverty, or death, every work of Satan must depart in the same way that darkness departs or disappears in the presence of light. So if you or I walk into a, a room, I see another comment. Thank you so very much for your comments and your questions. Now, if you and I walk into a dark room and we flip the light switch on, what happens? The darkness immediately disappears. The darkness doesn't argue with the light. The darkness doesn't overwhelm the light. When the light comes on the scene, the darkness disappears. Now, that is 
how powerful the kingdom of God is over the kingdom of darkness. We are on the offensive. We have a different position. We have to stop praying, asking God to get us out of dark places. Some of you may be on jobs and it's so ungodly there. And I know you feel like it just grieves your spirit and you're praying for God to take you off that job and put you in a setting where folk, folk acting right and living right and doing right. But that's not God's plan. We're on the offensive. No, we want to be where dark places at. We want to be where they where they're cursing and and they're ungodly. We we want to we want to be in those kind of environments. We want to go to the family reunion. We're not going to stay at home because they're cursing and drinking and carousing and doing all kinds of stuff. No, we want to take light there. We're on the offensive. We want to take the kingdom there. And I mentioned this Sunday, and I want to say it again. Many of you are on the front lines of this pandemic. Nurses, doctors, some of you, your work environment every day, you're surrounded by sickness, you're surrounded by death, and, and you have all this around it. But this is your job. You know it's your job, okay? You want to be in a better environment. I believe God doesn't want you to, to get sick and all that kind of stuff, but while you're there, let's, let's go on the offensive. Let's think differently. Cover yourself with the blood of Jesus. Before you go to work, say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my body, over my soul, and then co confess the word. Confess Psalms 91. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. You want to cover yourself with the word. COVID-19 can't come near me. The Delta variant can't come near me. The new variant can't, no kind of plague, no kind of sickness can come near me. The blood of Jesus covered me. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago, and I don't receive any sickness, no disease, Satan. And then begin to deal with the spirits behind. You can do all this before you go to work. You see, there are spirits behind COVID-19, behind these viruses. There are spirits. There's the spirit of sickness, the spirit of death. There's a spirit of disease, the spirit of fear, the spirit of confusion. There are spirits behind this, so I take authority, and I do that all the time. I, I break the power of COVID-19 over my family. I break the power of every virus over my church family. I break the power over our going out. I do that all the time. So you can say, Satan, I bind and break the power of COVID-19 in every virus. I bind it, break its power. In every spirit behind COVID-19, I bind you death. I bind you sickness. I bind you disease. I bind you fear. I bind you confusion. And I break your power in the name of Jesus. Now you're ready to go to work. Now you're ready. You put on all your protective gear, your mask and all that, but think about it. You got on your spiritual gear and now you're bringing the kingdom in there. You know, you're going to bring hope. You may not be able to preach, okay, but you're going to bring hope. You're going to say things like you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I, I love you. I care for you. We're we doing everything we, we can. And then you're going to go in the bathroom and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to take authority. You're going to say, death, you're not going to take this life. Sickness, you're not going to take this life. And then under your breath, you're going to pray in the tongues under your breath. You're going to pray, see, and see, you're going to take the kingdom in there because God needs somebody. God needs somebody to take the kingdom. It's an invasion. That's what I'm talking about, an invasion. Now, listen at this. I see I got comments. I see I got questions. Send your comments, your questions. In just a few minutes, I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to give you comments. I want to, I want to. 
give some concluding remarks so that I have time to, to, to look at your questions. But listen at this statement, uh, these sentences that I, I want to cl- close with. The kingdom of God is not about going to heaven one day after you die. That's the first statement. It is about the king himself, Jesus, replicating his character, demonstrating his power, and reproducing his will on planet Earth while you live. Now, I'm going to go back and look at that, but let's talk, let's break these statements down. So for you and I, Christians, believers, the kingdom of God is not about us going to heaven when we die. It is not about us trying to be a good person. We should be a good person. It's not about just about us trying to treat everybody right. We should try to treat everybody right. It's not just about us joining church. We should join church and and serving church and tithe and give offerings and give to the church and serve, okay? And then we leave church on Sundays and then through the week, we work to try to make us a living and then we come back Sunday and we go back through it and we're trying to treat everybody right, trying to be a good person and die and go to heaven. And then when we go to heaven now, we made it. So we made it. We did what God wanted us to do. We did what he wanted us to do. We was a good person. We tried to treat everybody right. We joined the church. We got water baptized. We did all that stuff right there. We worked in the ministry. We did all that. And now we're in heaven. And we know you get to heaven because of Jesus. You're in heaven. And then God going to walk up to you and give you a trophy, see? So really, for many Christians... What life is about as a Christian is about getting to heaven. I've got to get to heaven. Now, remember we said that in our first series that we'll never experience true purpose. True purpose. Uh, Pardon me. We'll never experience true fulfillment until we execute the purpose for which we were placed on this earth. We'll never release our potential. So if that's the purpose, then we can expect to get a trophy. But what if the purpose was not for us to get to heaven? What if the purpose was for us to bring heaven to the earth? Now, I want you to just pause on that, and I want you to think about that for just a moment, because there has to take, there has to be a shift. Another thing that we see from this, these sentences, the kingdom of God is not about going to heaven one day after you die. It is about Jesus himself. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus himself. It's about Jesus himself. So our purpose should be connected to Jesus. That's why Paul said in Philippians 1.21, he says, for me to live is Christ. He said, if I die, it's gain. Okay, I'm going to get to heaven. See, if you die and you're a Christian, you're going to go to heaven. But your purpose is not to die and go to heaven. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. So our life should be about Christ. Now, watch this. You were in the kingdom of Satan. You got transferred into the kingdom of Jesus. Well, when we were in the kingdom of Satan, 
our life was about us. It was about us, about us being happy, about us being successful, about us uh, making a living. It was about us having this and us going here and us doing this and us. It was the self-life. It was about us getting ahead, about us taking care of ourselves like us, okay? And that was what happened in the fall. Satan told Eve, listen, girl, you got to take care of yourself. He, he don't want you to eat from that tree. God don't want you to eat from that tree because you're going to be like him. You, you're going you're gonna to know the difference between, you're going to be good and evil. You're going to be wise. You, you got to take care of yourself, Eve. You got to take care of yourself. And that's the, that's the life that we lived when we were in the kingdom of darkness. It was about us. When God transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus, it's about him. It's about pleasing him, honoring him. Now watch this. It's about the king himself replicating his character. And we're going to get into that because I'm going to show you what Jesus' character is. So you can intentional, you're to replicate Jesus' character, you're to demonstrate his power, and then you're to re reproduce his will in planet Earth. You're to extend his kingdom. It, it's about him. Now, watch this. Jesus said this. Oh, this is good now. Jesus says, if you will make life about him, that's what Paul said, for me to live is Christ. He said, that's seeking the kingdom first. And then he says, if you seek the kingdom first, he said, all these things will be added. See, what we're doing is we're seeking the things, but we're not seeking the kingdom. We're not living to honor the king. We're not responding to honor the king. We're not behaving to honor the king. We're not concerned about the king. We're concerned about us. And that's why the things are running away from us. That's why we're not living the quality of life that we should live. Because life is about us. It should be about the king. Boy, I tell you, this is going to be amazing. And our next, and our next lesson, this lesson, we talked about heaven upon the earth, heaven on planet earth. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be bringing heaven to the earth. And that's going to become even clearer in our next lesson, because the next lesson, we're going to talk about heaven's motives. Why did God create the earth? Why did God create man? Once we get our, our minds renewed and we shift, our lives are going to just, fulfillment is going to flood us and prosperity is going to flood us because we're going to be seeking the kingdom. Now, I got, I got some, some good questions here and some comments here, so I'm going to stop here at this point. And I want to look at, at uh, and, and you're still not too late for you to send any questions or any comments that you have. Question, Pastor, I want to ask if Satan was the one who took all the lives that were taken by COVID, or was it their time to die? Would God allow Satan to take this many people if it wasn't their time to die? That is a great question. That is a great question. Okay, I'm going to answer the question in the context of what we're teaching. But I have, um, oh, Lord, I have, uh, I have a book. I have a book that uh, my wife produced for me. And it's entitled Wheat Not. Wheat Not. Um, I also have a mini book in this area. I have a mini book in this area. So listen at this. The problem that we have 
interpreting, interpreting our world is we see God and we see Satan, but we don't see us. We don't see us. We don't put us in the picture. Okay. God <laughs> is not running the earth. He's not controlling the earth. He's not controlling the earth. And you can, I got all, I got all kinds of teaching on this, but people think God is controlling the earth. Now we're going to get into it a little bit in our next lesson. But you hear all the time, God is in control, God is in control, God is in control, God is in control. Think about it. You, all you have to do is think about it. Think about it. Why would God say, why would Jesus say, pray that God's will be done in the earth as it is in heaven if it was automatic? See, it's not automatic. It, God's will is not automatic. Okay, people say, well, if a person died, it was because it, it was his time to die. There's nothing in scripture that says you have a specific time to die. There's no calendar in the, in the, in the sky that says on June 5th, you're going to die. And then, now God knows when you're going to die, but there's no set time for you to die. There's no set time. The Bible says it is appointed to men once to die and then the judgment. In other words, we all have an appointment with death, but we don't have an appointed time to die. The reason I can say that, because in the book of Proverbs, I think it's the 10th chapter, it talks about a man can prolong his life or he can shorten his life. Prolong or shorten. Prolong. If there was a set time to die, you couldn't prolong it. You can shorten it. So listen, God is not controlling everything that happens in this earth. There's no such thing as the people died because it was their time to die. That is not in the scriptures. It's nowhere in the Bible that that was their time to die. Now listen at this. God gave man dominion. He gave him authority. In other words, he said, I want you to run the earth. I want you to run the earth. God gave man free will. So I can say yes to God and I can say no to God. So some things have to do with ignorance. God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What does that mean? He said, my people are destroyed because there's some things they don't know. That's uh, Hosea 4, 6. So God gave man free will. He gave man partnership. And we're going to look at a, a lot of that. So, so when you said, would God allow Satan to take this many people if it wasn't their time to die? Now, listen, listen. If, if God was just controlling everything, why would the Bible say submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you? It didn't say God's going to resist him. It said you resist him. Submit to God, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. Then Jesus said the thief comes. That's John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life. See, God is not just stopping everything that happens in the earth. Because he's not in control. He's in control of heaven. He gave us authority in the earth. Now, that question is so engaged. It's so engaged. But you can, you can call our office. Uh, you, you can, you can uh, send, you can send uh, this question to, you can send this question to pastor at faithchapel.net. And I will make sure that we will send you the mini book. We'll send this person that mini book and we'll, we'll probably send you the weep not book and it'll give you mother, more insight on this issue than I can give you in this time. But that is a wonderful question. But, but people die all the time and it's not God's will for them to die all the time, 
all the time because this planet is not the way God intended for it to be. Amen. Question, Pastor, would you agree that just one drop of Jesus' blood is more powerful than all the power of Satan, all the power of darkness? You know, I don't know how to I don't know how to quantify one drop of blood, but I believe it. You know what I mean? I believe that one drop of blood, Jesus' blood, is more powerful. See, a lot of times we have, and yeah, I, I, I believe it. I believe what you just said. One drop of blood is more powerful than Satan and all his demons and all his kingdom. Here's where Christians make, where people make a mistake, they have Jesus and they have Satan, like they are equals. God and Satan, like they're equals. Listen, when Satan rebelled in heaven, I'll give you an illustration. He flicked his wrist. He just flicked him out. He flicked him. There's no contest between God and Satan. There's no contest. Satan is a defeated foe. Jesus has already defeated him. Satan operates through deception, and he operates through our wills. We have to choose to give him place. The Bible said give him no place. He has no place. He can't do anything without us giving him permission, either through ignorance or disobedience. And that's why Satan wants us to be ignorant, because if we have knowledge, we'll never be intimidated by him. We'll never be afraid about him. And we will actually go on the offensive to conquer, liberate and reestablish control in the earth. These are great questions. Third question. Matthew 6, says we should seek the kingdom first and its righteousness and all these things will be added. How do we practically seek the kingdom in our daily lives? Okay, that's a that's a great question. How do we practically seek the kingdom? And that that's what this series is about. I'm going to give you what I said. But stay with me. Stay with me the whole series and you, you're going to you're going to get it. But I'm going I'm to reiterate something that I said. I said the kingdom of God is not about going to heaven one day after you die. It's about the king himself. Now, listen at these. We seek the kingdom by replicating his character. We replicate his character. And I'll give you a little hint to where we're going with that. Our next series, we're going to talk about, I don't know the title yet. But we're going to talk about Jesus' character. And Jesus' character is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? You're seeking the kingdom when you replicate Jesus' character. In the arena of life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, in the arena of life, when you replicate, you allow the fruit of the Spirit to dominate your life, you're replicating His character, you're representing Him. Much of the time, now listen to me carefully, much of the time, we're not replicating Jesus' character, we're replicating Satan's character. And Satan's character is the works of the flesh. In Galatians 5, it talks about the works of the flesh, and then it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That's Satan's character, Jesus' character. You also seek first the kingdom when you demonstrate his power. Now, we got a whole series we're going to talk about the power of God, power from on heaven, being filled with the Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, and then by reproducing His will and planning on earth. And God's will, you're going to see Sunday in our next lesson, God's will is that we begin to extend His kingdom on this earth in our world, in our environment, work world, family world, whatever. As we extend His way of doing things, we're seeking first the kingdom. These are absolutely great questions, but you do understand that there's not just a one sentence answer. The series is answering it. The series is going to answer uh, fully that question. Comment, for such a time as this, that God will give Pastor Mike and Mike K this teaching to share with the world so that we can know just because we're in this world, we're not of this world, not from around here. I'm mighty grateful and harmony 
and harm in harmony for this teaching. Thank you so very much for your comment. Uh, second comment. Thanks for this teaching today, Pastor Mike, watching and receiving the word. Thank you for your comment. Comment. Love you, Pastor. I have well over 10,000 hours in the health and wellness space. Definitely one of my purpose in life. I believe what you said, I believe said that I believe and said that to say believers really need to study what's happening with the whole virus situation. Well, you know, I'll just say this about that. Uh, I felt led to share something about that virus situation because the problem is people are studying what happened with the virus, but they're studying it from different sources. And that's why, you know, they're studying it from different sources. And so when you study anything from different sources, you're going to have different opinions about it. And the reason I wanted to speak about it was faith doesn't come by our research and our logic and our reasoning and our study. You know, faith comes by hearing what God says to you. And, and so I, I get what you're saying, though. Question, how does operating in the kingdom of God connect to our purpose and potential? Okay, the, the re that, that's a good question. The reason why we spent three weeks talking about purpose, potential, and whatever is I wanted, I wanted to take you from thinking about yourself to thinking about the kingdom, it, it connects to purpose because if we don't get the purpose right, and, and I'm taking, I'm teaching, I'm talking bigger than now. I'm purpose to be a teacher. I'm purpose to be a lawyer. I'm t I, I, I began there, but I'm expanding it now. If we don't get the purpose for creation, we don't get the purpose that God had for for creating man. If we don't get the purpose right for the church, then we we can't reach our we 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 can't operate in our full potential. And we ain't gonna prosper at the level that we should prosper. So I think as you keep listening, because we just shared one lesson, we talked about heaven on planet Earth. And all I wanted you to see, a part of what I wanted you to see, that we got to shift our focus from trying to get to heaven to trying to get heaven to come to the Earth. Now, in this next lesson, we're going to talk about the motive, and it's going to get down into this thing a little bit deeper. But these are great questions. So what's our measuring cup to acting out the kingdom of heaven in this earth? See, you're, this is basically the same question. There's, there's not a one-sentence answer. I think I've answered it, but because I got to explain it, my answer didn't click with you. Because I answered, I answered both of those questions. I answered both of those questions. But they're not bad questions. It just means that we got to get deeper into it, okay? We got to get deeper into it. In other words, I can't answer, I can answer what I'm teaching now, but I can't answer everything through the, through the series at, until we get into it. And so some of, some of the questions, the last two questions, is really about the end game. It's about the end game, okay? That's like me skipping over everything that I'm trying to teach, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to listen to every lesson, not just one, because it's like a puzzle. We're putting a puzzle together, and you're getting pieces of that puzzle. And so then I'm coming back in on Tuesdays, and I'm, I want to answer your questions about something that I said about that Sunday. Because I can answer that. But the end game, you know, the end of it, you know, I can't skip the end because you'll have a formula. You know, you'll just have a formula. Please 
it may be you're not coming to church virtually. I mean, in person, listen virtually. It's, it's fine. I just want you to feel comfortable whether you're in person or virtual. I want you to get it. If you're working uh, and you, for whatever reason, you can't watch it virtually and you're not coming in person, it's still going, right, like right now, you can go to Faith Chapel YouTube, Faith Chapel YouTube, and you can get the lesson I share Sunday. I want you to listen to all five of these lessons, whether you're in Columbus or Birmingham or where, wherever you're at, I want you to listen to all five, and I believe it's going to make a lot of sense to you. I believe that. Thank you so very much. Great questions, great comments. Uh, we're going to keep doing this. Uh, and I believe it's going to just shift your whole thinking and shift your life. I believe it's going to be a blessing. Amen. Love you.